0: Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review, and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message.
1: The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said... After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest, that is made known to Israel. Therefore I might come baptizing with water, and John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it bowed upon him. That means bowed upon Jesus, and I knew him not, but. He that sent me to baptize with water, the same said to me upon whom thou seest the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Go over to uh, verse 42. Well, let's go to verse 41 again there, which is reference to Andrew. And he first findeth his own brother Simon, saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted through Christ, He brought him to Jesus and when Jesus beheld him he said thou art Simon the son of Jonah thou shalt be called Cephas which is by interpretation a stone and the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find him Philip and said unto him follow me now Philip was of Bethsaida the city of Andrew and Peter and Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write." Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, he said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, Even thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. And Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. We'll stop there. The thing I want you to notice as an introduction to the message this evening is that certain people are finding Christ to be who he said he was and go out and tell somebody else. John did that. He found Jesus to be the very one that uh, the Lord had said and God had said, when you see the Spirit lighting on him, you'll know that he's the Son of God. John said, I saw the Spirit lighting on him like a dove. And we have the same thing of Andrew who came to uh, discover the Lord, and what did he do? But go. He went out, and he found his brother Peter, and brought him to the Lord. And we find the same thing happening with Andrew, who fi- after he has discovered Christ, goes out and finds Nathaniel, or rather, rather uh, Philip finds Nathaniel. So we f- we find that people want when they have. Learned who Jesus is, goes and finds somebody else and tells them. Now, that is the message when you come right down to it. If we know Jesus to be who he is, then we ought to be finding somebody else to, to tell them. Dr. Robert Green made this statement. I don't know who he is, but I like his statement. A person is duty-bound to propagate his religion or change his religion. Now now listen to those words. Let me me repeat them to you. And I I think they're very important. A person is duty-bound to propagate, that is to promote, his religion or change his religion. You see, there is an obligation of people who say they believe something to tell somebody else about it. Religion is something that one does not keep to himself, and I'm using religion in general terms at this point. Because if we really believe something, regardless of what it is, if we believe that Buddha is who the Buddhists proclaim him to be. We ought to be proclaiming Buddhism or Hinduism or any of the other religions of the world. If in our heart we believe what our religion teaches, then we will be uh, advancing it. The high Christians who have a group up at Moundsville have people out continually In the railroad stations and in the airports passing out literature and asking for money to do what? To propagate, to advance, to promote that which they believe. And that's the thing that we as Christian people certainly ought to be doing. Our religion is worth passing on or it's not worth anything. Our salvation Now, to bring it out of the general term of religion and bring it down to where we live, our belief in God, our proclaiming Jesus Christ to be the Son of God is either worth advancing or we ought to disclaim that we are Christian. We either ought to pass on what we believe or find it worthless. We believe that salvation came to us at the cross. Therefore we ought to witness of that which we believe happened. Now, I want to talk about witnessing in three frames this evening. First of all, uh, to talk about witness is done by preaching. I don't know why the Lord decided that uh, for the most part his gospel ought to be advanced through the process of preaching. The scripture tells us in the 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 21 that it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to win those that believed. And I know that this is true. Down through the years, God has used great preachers, and some who are not so great, uh, to, to advance his, his gospel. Peter preached a very simple sermon on the day of Pentecost, but 3,000 people believed and were baptized. Paul preached to many congregations, many gatherings of people, and out of that preaching, great numbers of people were saved. And in the history of the church, that's the way it's gone. Most of these names that I will mention to you, uh, a large number of you will probably not know anything about or little about, but I think you ought to know their names. Some of the great preachers of history have been such men as Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest evangelistic preachers um, of all history. John and Charles Wesley, who were the actual founders of, of the Methodist people, were great evangelists an evangelist name of Whitfield. And many of you will probably recognize the name D. L. Moody, a tremendous preacher. And there has there's a a, a Moody Bible Institute and a Moody Press and various other things that, that go back to his day. And the Billy Sunday. You older folk will probably well remember that name. But to most of us, and he was gone before I I ever knew anything about him, but I've read lots of his sermons and his history. He was a great preacher, and we all know the name Billy Graham, great evangelist of our time and, and many others. And out of the ministry of these and great other numbers that I can't even begin to mention, many millions of people have actually been saved because God has blessed the process of preaching to bring people to a saving knowledge of Christ. I suspect that most of us in this congregation were saved during a preaching service. When the gospel was presented in such a manner by the person preaching that we yielded our lives to Christ. Not all of us would have done it that way, but a great number of us would have been saved during a preaching service. Just out of curiosity, how many of you were saved during a preaching service? Just to hold up your hand. All right, the most. I knew that that would would probably be true. And I've been blessed to the Lord, I believe, to have seen many people come down the aisle and accept the Lord Jesus during the times that I was doing the preaching. Uh, At our association meeting this uh, last month, our missionary, who was a native-born African. I'm right, am I not? Those two of you who were there, wasn't he from Africa? India. You're right. I got the wrong country. From India, talked about having all-day baptismal services, in which the evangelist would come out of the water and warm himself at a fire, and then go back into the water and baptize. And all day they baptized. Uh, we haven't I've never seen one such service but by the the witness of preaching many many millions of people have been saved but that's not the only way some people have been saved because of Bible teachers and one of the things that we found here in this passage of scripture is that Philip became acquainted with, uh, with the Lord and the thing that he did was to find Nathanael. And what he did in finding Nathaniel was to explain that this person that he's talking about was revealed in the scripture. That is in the Old Testament because they didn't have a New Testament yet. And he went back and described the Old Testament and the prophecies there concerning Jesus and Philip said to Nathanael, here is the fulfillment of prophecy in this person, Jesus, that I found. Many people have been saved by the preaching through teaching. There was a tremendous influence on my life by the Sunday school teachers that I had. And I can remember some of those very particularly. And I believe that they were very influential in molding my life and influencing me to actually go into the ministry. Philip, another Philip, not the one here that we read in this scripture, was called over into the desert to teach an Ethiopian eunuch about Jesus. And he went back to the Old Testament and taught him about Christ jesus used the scripture in teaching people about himself and particularly we have the story after his uh, crucifixion and resurrection that he joined himself to a man and his wife who were going back to the little town of emmaus from jerusalem and they were very distraught because of the crucifixion and jesus was not recognized by them and uh, he began in the old testament describing how that this Jesus whom they had seen die on the cross and didn't know was in their midst must suffer and die and he revealed himself through the scripture there are many people who have been saved because of the scripture and it being taught to them in the home or in the Sunday school and I certainly must put in a plug for Sunday school teachers I think many of them are the unsung heroes of our church. This church and every other church who have a tremendous responsibility and privilege to mold the lives of the people who sit in the class and teach them what what they need to know about Christ. And the seed is planted and the minds begin to be molded and people develop and become responsible Christian people through the tremendous teaching of Bible scholars. Uh, We need to commend our Sunday school teachers for for a good job. And I think we, we week after week after week, just sit in their classes and don't say anything to them. Uh, But unconsciously, we are reaping the benefit of their dedication to the task of teaching us and we grow continually i always find something in the sunday school class that i wasn't aware of and didn't know and being taught by the people who are teaching the class and i appreciate that so very much and so we learn to witness through god's word and i think sometimes that we don't have to say anything Just simply be ready to make available the word. The thing that our young people are going to do here at at Halloween time and having tracts attached to the the, uh, treat that will be passed out is a means of passing on the word. It would not be unthought of at all if, if you would simply keep some little pamphlets with you or the daily bread that we have outside, and at convenient times, put that into the hand of somebody and you wouldn't have to say a word, but God's message gets through because we're going to share in that which which has been shared with us. And the third thing that I would like to say is that much of our witnessing is done by people who are not preachers or teachers. They're the lay people of the church, And we find that Andrew was one of these. He was a fisherman, a common, ordinary layman who was not trained to preach, nor was he trained to teach, and we don't find that he does too much that we have a record of in the Scripture, but we do find enough about him to make us realize that he was a tremendous influence on the lives of other people. Had it not been for Andrew, there may not have ever been a Peter. And I think we need to realize this. Were it not for you people who sit in the pew and give a witness and testimony for what you believe, what this church means, what the scripture means, give your silent testimony, if that's what it ends being, or a little word here and there, if it were not for those people, we would not have the converts that we have to Jesus Christ. There are multitudes of people who are looking at somebody and using them as a pattern. And it's important that we uh, demonstrate our faith by the way that we live. Don't depend upon the, the person behind the pulpit or the person in the Sunday school class to do all the witnessing. It can be done and must be done in the streets in the trenches where we live, by people who are the lay people of the church. And it is those people who bring the great preachers and the great teachers into the fold, like Peter and like many others. Charles Spurgeon is one who was won by a layman, somebody who simply witnessed to him by the life that they lived. So famous people are brought into the fold by people who are not so famous. Andrew wasn't so famous, but Peter became the famous man. Andrew was the one who knew that there was a little boy in the crowd who had a lunch when they needed to feed the 5,000 people. How did he know this? Because he made it a point to circulate in amongst the crowd, and he knew who was there. And he apparently had talked to this little boy and said, what do you got in that little sack there? And the little boy said, I've got my lunch. And when it came time to feed the multitudes and there was no food, Jesus said, you feed them. And and the disciples said, well, where are we going to get enough food to feed them? And Jesus said, well, what food is available? And Andrew steps up and says, well, there is a little boy who has his lunch with him. And the little boy becomes the means whereby Jesus was able to perform the miracle of feeding the 5,000 men plus all the women and children. On another occasion, there was a group Of Greek people who wanted to meet Jesus and who do they come to to Peter no no they don't come to Peter they come to Andrew the insignificant one and they say to to the disciples and Andrew is the one who makes the introduction we would like to see Jesus and Andrew takes the Greeks and brings them and introduces them to the Lord that's the people we need in the trenches are people who introduce people to Jesus Christ That's a good way of witnessing. When Jesus gave us the Great Commission in Matthew, the last chapter, chapter 28, he said to the entire congregation, not just to Peter and and, and, uh, Andrew and and the others of the twelve, but he said to the whole congregation, perhaps several hundred, go ye into the world and preach the gospel, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. It is through the witnessing of the entire church that people are going to be one. But why is it then that we have so few converts? And seemingly we don't have many. Very few people in our day and time are being one to Jesus Christ. And it's distraughtful that here in Boone County we are in the most unchurched county. In all of the United States, fewer people are Christian by population in Boone County than any other spot in, in the United States. Why we have so few converts? Is it because uh, we have a misconcept that all of the winning of people must be done from the pulpit or in the Sunday school class? I don't know. Or is it perhaps a lack of concern or or a position of complacency? I don't know. Or maybe our people are so extremely difficult to reach that we just can't possibly do it. But I want to suggest three things that will change this. If we have received the water of life, then share it. Let somebody else have a drink from our cup. What we know, impart to them Secondly, if our sins have been forgiven, then tell other people that they can have their sins forgiven like ours were forgiven. And thirdly, if you're on your way to heaven, invite somebody to go along with you. Don't go alone. Take a crowd. Take your friends and neighbors. Go as a group toward heaven if you have received the water of life share it if your sins have been forgiven tell others how it happened if you're on your way to heaven invite somebody to go along too and you will be witnessing wherever you might live let us pray